It's written in rock and roll that all you need is love. But as uh, a lot of you know out there, you, you also need a PA and a light rig and some good songs and all these things. But I think much more than that, you need a great nose. And it's, it's, it's essential equipment if you want to be in a great rock and roll band. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. Uh, this is a valuable, valuable Pete Townsend recording. It's a collector's item. What you are about to hear is deeply disturbing. to me but like that you take out the third and you get that I've been invited to play with lots of great players you know but I, I would usually defer um, never felt enough of a master of my instrument now, at the moment, I feel I'm starting to feel that I can actually get behind the guitar and let the fingers play themselves and therefore let something channel, which is m more expressive than simply my own limited understanding of what I do. Man, I am about to geek out on you big time. I love Pete Townsend. My first memory of anything to do with The Who had to do with going to a uh, Pizza Hut or someplace like that that used to have jukeboxes back in the 70s that played 45 RPM singles. And you could order the songs from your table. There were little mini booths that communicated directly to the mother booth and you were able to pick out songs that you wanted. So whenever we went there, you know, my dad would give me a quarter, a couple of dimes, or whatever it was. It was not very expensive. And so I'd get to pick out some songs. And for some reason, I picked out Squeezebox by The Who. And I remember my parents or whomever else we were with just laughing and asking me, where did you hear this song? time The Who hit me was several years later. I was probably 10, maybe 11, and there was a 
TV channel pre-MTV that would play videos, and they played about the same five videos, but they were all really great. But they had the clip of Baba O'Reilly by The Who from the movie The Kids Are Alright. And if you haven't seen it, I really don't mind if you stop the podcast and go to YouTube and look it up. That is the greatest live performance of a single song maybe ever done, ever, as far as watching it. I mean, the song is awesome and everything, but Pete is just electrifying. And I was just like, that guy's a fucking rock star. So more than any of my heroes, Pete defines rock and roll and what I love about it. He articulated how I felt so many times, his social commentary and reflections upon youth and rebellion. As a young man, he was saying things with insight that spoke for a generation of fans, and he kind of laid bare both the good and the bad about a life that revolved entirely around music. Probably the most pivotal album of The Who to me is Quadrophenia, and because it really does come from the heart of Pete, it's sort of like uh, The Wall is to Roger what Quadrophenia is to Pete.
I've assembled pieces and parts to make this episode feel like a more Pete-centric mini-movie of The Kids Are Alright. That's the best documentary about a rock band ever made. I recommend reviewing the liner notes to this episode and getting a handle on all the songs and stuff that I'm going to play for you, because they're going to come from every direction. What I intend to do is to remind many of you and to educate the rest of you about how Pete is not only the soul of the who, but the heart of the music. It's how I became a man, was through the guitar, and it was it's great still to this day to smash them up. This episode is going to be built around mostly solo work or demos. These demos were a real eye-opener to me when the first Scoop album came out in 1983. This was before there was a movement or even a consideration that you could have lo-fi music. For Pete to release his raw demos, hiss and tape warble and everything, was kind of revolutionary at the time. Plus, he put it out really cheap. That's how come I bought it. I was looking at several other records, and I saw it, and it was the cost of a single record. And I flipped it over and I saw the names of several Who songs I knew. So I thought I'd give it a try. So I got it home and I played it. And right from the very beginning, it just kind of made me just sit and reflect on the songs that the Who did and not just the theatrics. And as a creative person, it was really cool to me to see basically what were sketches and notes of things that would become modern classic pieces of art. A lot of these demos were better than the Who's interpretation of them, even with the lo-fi sound. Because I've had studios at home since I was about 20, 21. And now I've got one track left, over which I shall swear at you. I sit looking round, I look at my face in the mirror. I know I'm worth nothing without you. But like one and one don't make two, one and one make one. And I'm looking for I'm not a great champion, I'm afraid, of, of the revolution anymore. I started to question uh, my, my own philosophy of life directly because I started to feel that I'd played a game with myself. The fact that I can perform on the stage, the fact that I can write a song, the fact that I can, I can enjoy uh, sexual relationships, the fact that I can enjoy life, right, I attributed to drugs. A strange surprise What I despise In other guys is here in me They use their good 
so it, it used to frustrate me incredibly. I used to try and make up visually for what I couldn't play as a musician. I used to get into very incredible visual things where in order to just to make one chord more lethal, I'd make it really a lethal looking thing, whereas really the, 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 it's just going being picked normally. I'd hold my arm up in the air and I'd bring it down so that it would really look, look lethal, even if it didn't sound too lethal. <laughs> One thing you can say about all these aging rock stars, it seems to me that guitar playing is the thing that is staying with them longest. Their looks will go, their hair will go, they'll get fat, their voices will go, but Pete still plays wonderfully from the last clips I've seen of him. You know, I don't make guitar type comments, I don't talk guitar talk, I just fucking throw the thing around. <laughs> What you'd made that week was £370, and what you'd spent was £1,946.17 and 6, mm. and including £785 on replacement of guitars, drum kits, and microphones. I watch myself on TV, I'm a faker, a paper clown. It's clear to all my friends that I habitually lie, I just bring them down. It's incredible to think that music began so simply for me when I was a kid in Acton. And I had no idea how much it would challenge me when I got older and how much the simple thing I call rock and roll could give or how much it could take. Right, this is Sister Disco and you said it's depressing, right? It's is it really intensely, depressing, is it yeah, really depressing? It's about growing old and getting really sort of past it. You know, giving up, dying. Getting covered in mould. Nothing heavy. <laughs> um, hang on a second. Why is this depressing? It's depressing? Take it back to the beginning. Take it back to the beginning. It's depressing because you're playing it half as fast as what it's supposed to be played. I put more energy and more passion and more intensity in the recordings that I made at home of the songs that I was writing than I would put into the recording studio sessions with the band. Back in the day, Pete really used to be a voice for rock fans. Sort of what Eddie Vedder did for a little while, and I don't know anybody else is coming up to take that place. Someone who's really articulate, loves music as a fan as much as they do as a musician. You know, if I've written something and somebody comes up and says, you know, it might be better with it's like, what? Uh, I'm a bit, what would you call it? Precious. Control freak.
it's trouble you play Fierce looking people but their managers gay Syncopation to the sound of the ball Trouble with the ref out in the concert hall Hey you, oh, that cellist was foul That conductor must be blind It's a go, Ooh, look at the crowd This session's run to extra time Sit back or piss off, I'm saying you'll never walk alone and I'm obsessive and compulsive and I love the fact that the people out there seem to be that they're like me and, and they like me and I like them. I read once that Pete used to get fan mail that would say things like, you don't know how much time I spend thinking about you and all I got was this photograph. And he would write back and he would say, you don't realize how much time I spend thinking about you. There's a scene before my eyes In our teens Incredibly together with no ties That was a life Enough for me most of Townsend's work and his more recent stage appearances are for charity. He runs his own charity, The Double O, which helps drug addicts and also channels money to 70 other charities. It's interesting that you've gone back to using the synthesizer, because on The Who By Numbers that instrument was sort of discarded. Or it certainly wasn't as prominent as it as it has been in previous Who albums. Well, I think that was self-conscious, really, because I felt very doubtful about what I was doing when we were doing Who by Numbers. You know, I didn't really know. I I wasn't sure that what I was doing as a musician and a composer was right for the Who, and I felt the only way to really find my feet again, you know, go back to basics in a way. The songs on Who by Numbers were written with me stoned out of my brain in my living room I'm afraid to say you know hi I'm laughing now folks but crying my eyes out some people seem so obsessed with the morning get up early just to watch the sunrise 
people like it more when there's fire in the sky Worship the sun when it's high Some people go for those sultry evenings Sipping cocktails in the blue, red and grey But I like every minute of the day When I have to get on my bike favorite Pete things of all time still to this day is a performance he did at the Secret Policeman's Ball which was an Amnesty International charity event and a fundraiser and this is before these things became big glitzy Hollywood and so what would happen was you'd have Monty Python doing a skit while the band behind the curtain would be setting up for the next act and they were almost always very simple and acoustic for the most part we'll be fighting in the streets with our children and the morals that they worship will be gone And the men who spurred us on Sit in judgment of our wrong They decide and the shotgun sings the song I took a bow on the new constitution We don't get fooled again 
I saw the secret policeman's ball and it became a part of me. It sowed a seed, unquote. <laughs> I went round there and he said, yeah, give me your hand with this television set. And he threw it out of the window. <laughs> and I went like that with him and it went boom. And the porter ran out to the hotel. And he looked up and said, what are you doing? And Mooney says, answer the phone. He says, all the radio's coming next. Who used to be a gang? But as that fell away, Pete kind of stood alone and was often confused about how it came to be that he survived and was a success and still didn't have the answers.
Mick was clearly well endowed. Stop. 
we did our final tour at the end of 82, and at the time we said it was our final tour, but unfortunately, because of previous groups doing final tours and then doing another final tour and then 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 another final tour, nobody believed us, but we were telling the truth, mainly because Pete is fed up with it, to be really honest, and that is it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. I think he's made a mistake. about things that were to the bone. Sometimes he would say things that would get his ass in trouble. Like after the death of several fans, I believe 11 fans trampled to death, trying to get into one of his shows, somebody asked him, how do you go on? And he said, I can't fucking think about it. I just get my guitar and I go play. I can't be bothered with it. And I think that it was taken harsher than he meant it, and he apologized for it. But I think what he was trying to say is if I sat around thinking about it, I just wouldn't be able to get back on stage ever again. Let's have the biggest hand of the night for Mr. Kenny Jones, our new drummer. Hey! And now, a rock concert in the news. Thousands of young people had gathered hours early to get into Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. The attraction was the British rock band, The Who. Suddenly, one pair of doors to the Coliseum was broken open and the waiting throng rushed inside, eager to get the best possible seats. In the stampede, 11 people were killed, eight others seriously injured.
across the street to the local news store And flick through some cute magazines Beside me some school kid I saw Stuffed some girly mags down into his jeans The shop girl was watching, amazed She asked me to call for the police She screamed at his blushing young face And he escaped into the streets In the later years of The Who, you can tell Pete's influence on how Roger sang his songs was growing. In my opinion, the post-Keith Moon Who albums should have all been Pete's solo albums. Take a song like Eminence Front from the It's Hard album, the only truly great thing on the record, and Pete sings it. I'm sure it stung a little bit for Roger that the best song on the record was not going to be sung by him. But these lyrics, to me, say more about Pete and his insight than Roger's interpretation of them ever could. The lyric, the drinks flow, people forget, that big wheel spins, the hair thins, people forget, the news slows, people forget, the shares crash, hopes are dashed, people forget, they're hiding. Music is a, a spiritual medium, there's no doubt about it. It's an elevator of the spirit.
Love always wins out in the end, but when you're down, it's hard to believe that. Let me tell you some more about myself. You know, I'm sitting at home just now. The big events of the day are past, and the late TV shows have come around. I'm number one in the home team, but I still feel unfulfilled. A silent voice in a broken heart complaining that I'm unskilled. And I know that when she thinks of me, she thinks of me as him. But unlike me, heard there's an album that came out in 2001 called pete townsend and raphael rudd the oceanic concerts and the liner notes are great they're so real i don't remember the guy's name but he worked at the record company and he came in one day and sitting on his desk was a cd uh and when he looked at it he started to realize here is a pristine recording of pete's solo acoustic occasionally having raphael rudd i guess play with him but but it's a treasure because you have the demo albums but here he is playing live uh to an appreciative listening audience and he picks the songs he doesn't have to play hits and what he ends up producing is really wonderful good listen you should check it out this is off the cuff if it goes wrong blame me cuff uh well you can judge for yourself me and my brother Talking to each other about what makes a man a man. Was it brain or brawn or the month you were born? We just couldn't understand. Our old man didn't like our pills. He said that only women were long here. So me What we had to do We went downstairs Past the barber and gymnasium And got our arms tattooed Welcome to my life tattoo I'm a man now thanks to you I expect I'll regret you But the skin graft man won't get you You're there till I Is tattooed too. A rooty toot, too, rooty tooty tattoo. 
to death and hell and beyond. One of the founding members of the rock group The Who is found dead in a Las Vegas hotel room. Fans here in the valley and all across the world mourn the loss of bass guitarist John Entwistle. I guess I'd like to be remembered as uh, someone who helped change the face of bass guitar and being probably the only bass guitarist that uh, hasn't been copyable. I think I only allowed myself to feel my frustration and anger that John died much, much later. I couldn't afford to feel anything. I could see how feeling things was affecting Roger. When Roger and I first sat down in, in LA, he was shaking. He couldn't even hold a cup of tea. And, and I just thought, you know, I've got to keep myself composed. And the way that I did that was I cut myself off from my feelings. This river, the Thames, flows constantly on. It always reminds me of a soul irrevocably plodding on towards God. It's full of food for fish, and it provides London with most of its water, and yet it's also treated like a rubbish dump by a lot of people. They chuck their cars in and their beer cans and, and they used contraceptives and everything else. And many rivers still get used as sewers, and yet they all get to the sea in the end, and so the analogy with the human soul always appeals to me. The fact that it doesn't matter how clean or dirty you are, you get there in the end. <laughs> I remember 
bombacity of the who always kind of stripped away a little bit of the emotion and the attention to the excellent lyrics if you listen to the lyrics of this honest intelligent vulnerable artist who used his search for something bigger to find his life's work you'll believe pete like i believe pete but the true lover of the sport scorns such a humdrum approach can you explain in any kind of way what satisfaction you get from it yeah, sexual. I've always loved balls. Big, shiny, silver balls. So Pete just recently, this week, turned 73. He was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with The Who in 1990. He's in the UK Music Hall of Fame, and he has been awarded a Kennedy Center Achievement Award. She says, son, well, you know, you're an ugly boy You don't really look like him In this long line, there's been some real strange genes You got them all, you got them all With some extras thrown in This has been produced by Donnie Shattuck see you put that on the wall, I'll smack you. You've got a mischievous look in your eye. Mm-hmm.